0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese, I'm your host. It is the June 30th, 2018 edition. Joining me today is Adam Vitalee. Hey. Hello, and Kyle Campbell. Hello. Hello. So yeah, uh, it's good to have you both here. Of course, me and James kind of did it ourselves last week, the week after E3. Um, That was a pretty short podcast, probably the shortest we've ever done. Considering we were just basically cleaning up whatever other uh, announcements were made that following week, such as like Life is Strange 2 and other announcements like that. But this week is looking even more dry, and so I get the feeling that we're going to be mostly talking about the stuff we've been playing. So, uh, I'm just Yeah, I don't know. Like, hmm. It's been, yeah, I assume that right now, other than because I think we've all pretty much caught up on our coverage for E3, is that right? I don't think there's anything left, really.
1: Well, there's a couple of small things we could do, but it's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think I'm going to. We saw
1: a small demo of the Surge 2, but it was pretty small. And we didn't, you know, it honestly, like the the first game came out last year and it looks really, really similar to that. So,
2: yeah. It's kind of hard to write new things about it. And yeah. It was a very short demo.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Might do something for the division too. I think that's something else that we mentioned last week, but uh, we've all been pretty busy. As it were, I think the biggest problem is that, you know, we all have, of course, day jobs. And so taking time off of our day jobs and coming back, having to play catch up can be a little rough. Uh, but let's actually get into the podcast proper then so we can actually talk more about stuff that we actually know more about. Um, so Adam, uh, I know that, of course, over these past several months, you've been playing some Breath of Fire and you got around playing the uh, the fifth one, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Uh, I'm curious to hear your opinion because it's always been sort of a... Uh, uh, I don't know if it's like a Dark Horse entry or something like that. It, it's just one that is sort of... Uh, uh, it's got a bit of a mixed reaction to it. You either like it or you don't. And so what's your, what's what's been your thoughts about that? Did you beat the game? Yeah, I did. First of all, have you played it? Me? I played about half of it.
1: Okay. So, Breath of Fire... So I, I talked on the previous podcast about Breath of Fire 3 and 4, which those games are pretty much uh, typical Japanese RPG, classic-style, turn-based games. Yes. And, uh, you know, Breath of Fire 4 has some pretty cool character moments and story moments and things like that. It has a really great um, sprite style. And so I guess what I'm getting at is going from Fire 1, 2, 3, or 4, the, the progression in terms of like complexity, art style, storyline, even localization, it's pretty. You know, they're improving, it's expanding, but it's not really changing. Yes. It's kind of the it's the same style of game from one to two to three to four. Now five basically throws all of that out the window. It's mm. it's it's a totally different type of game uh than the first four games. It's first of all, it's no longer sprites. They're models, it's a PS2 game. But it's no longer turn based, not really. Uh well it's still it's a it's a mixed hybrid sort of turn based tactical Gameplay where you control in a real-time arena, um, so it's this kind of weird hybrid morphed gameplay. And I've even I've even heard people say basically that this game shouldn't be called Breath of Fire because it is so different. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but <sighs> it's it basically just kind of like almost when uh, Breath of the Wild for Zelda kind of just threw tradition out the window. This kind of does that only even more extreme in terms of uh, how the game plays and feels. So this game is a dystopia. Not, a, not like post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, but you're in a world that's really weird, really fucked up. You're in this underground sort of mine shaft type facility. This sort of, like, mineshaft, very industrial trains and uh, things like that. And you spend the entire game in this area. So it's it's kind of this weird shift between, like, these typical uh, overworlds with lots of towns and cities and fields and various locations, volcanoes and caves and things. But now it's just all in this one industrial sort of base thing. And the game is very it it's actually it's very lean in terms of its dialogue and its uh tone it actually kind of reminded me of um nocturne of a bit does that make sense yeah have you played nocturne
0: definitely did i mean I, I definitely get any? the I definitely get the comparisons of what you're talking about it's weird because it definitely did uh it definitely changed things up Th- there's this weird point like with every like lawn running series that they decide to throw out convention and so you've got like Wild Arms did that um did that as well with like four. I think it was when they decided to ditch the wild west setting. Grandia certainly went that direction as well. And then you've got breath of fire totally doing that too. And you started cutting out there. Um, Zach, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Okay. Uh, is there a problem? What's up? I don't know if it's just me, but I can barely hear you. Can, I can, can you guys hear me.
2: I could hear everyone fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is,
2: uh, maybe it's something Kyle, with your setup, you Adam. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, something's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Did I can't you do hear you some... guys at all now.
0: Oh, did you did you mess with your cable? Maybe. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can we can keep talking here for a moment here. Kyle, did you ever play any of these games?
2: No, I'm only vaguely aware of what they are. They're like <laughs> Capcom RPGs, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing about Breath of Fire. Uh, I don't know, you've probably seen like a lot of the uh, the pixel art that's come out of those games. Um mm-hmm. but they're all pretty fascinating in that they try to um change things up at every entry. I mean, Breath of Fire of course, the big thing about that is that the main character um is part of like this dragon race, like this uh dying dragon race and he's like the one of the last of its kind. That's kind of been like the through through line throughout the entire series. Um but it's it's kind of fascinating the way that uh, you know, Breath of Fire three and especially four are very beloved games. Uh, this is mm-hmm. obviously back in the in the days of Capcom when they were really pumping out those those RPGs because um, 4, if you think about it, came around uh, late PS1 era and but this is also the time they were making like Capcom was making those uh, Zelda games uh, for the Game Boy um, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance of course and, and all those, and so this is kind of like peak uh, pixel, pixel art Capcom, um, so the fact that they decided to, with Dragon Quarter go totally in a 3D direction uh, granted this is PS2 time and so uh, it's kind of hard to sell that pixel art style in the PS2 days, especially with the, much improved technology there uh it was always kind of a fascinating thing that they decided to do that um not everyone loved it uh because of the trouble that they had uh and i think it's just because it's it's kind of a controversial thing because but the fire four looked so darn good like even in even with um, you know just you know still shots or gifs or video of course um it's just an am- a very impressive looking game that really holds up to this day. Uh, you know, Of course, you got companies like Vanillaware still carrying the torch for what is possible with that. But I always thought it would be kind of fascinating if Capcom decided to go back and try that themselves. Obviously, we don't like to talk about the next entry after this, <laughs> Breath of Fire 6, because that was a whole... Big old mess there uh, that had a very odd style to it. I don't know if you ever saw uh, the visuals for that, but that was kind of like, you know, that Kingdom Hearts Unchained mobile game. It's kind of like that kind of style to it. Uh, with, oh. Yeah, like very small bodies, but giant heads. It's, it, it's weird because I played some of the Japanese version of that game and I thought it was okay, uh, but it definitely isn't something you would name Breath of Fire 6. It's, it's just kind of a really big disservice against it, which is funny because then you look at, like say, Kingdom Hearts Unchained, where certain story elements lead into Kingdom Hearts 3, so you have to know some about that. Like I don't know why they do something like that, and it seems like, at least with Breath of Fire 6, that's kind of like a stain on that series now, because it's canon. I mean, it's Breath of Fire 6. You can't just take that back. And they shut the game down. So whenever you have something like that, I always thought that that's like the probably the worst thing you could do is that you've got a name title and it's impossible to play it anymore because they shut down the servers. And so there's no okay, way. Okay, I think
1: I'm I'm back. Can you guys hear me?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Just As soon as you were talking
1: about when I when I made my Nocturne comparison, you started talking, and then like I just everything cut
0: out and i couldn't hear anything good thing i'm recording because I, yeah. I heard you loud and clear so uh we'll be able to keep that but uh yeah just uh, continue on with your with your chat about uh, dragon quarter okay so so when i first when
1: i first started playing this series i kind of knew that dragon quarter had this weird reputation mm-hmm. where some people's like had like detested this game or they were just very very disappointed with it but some people like sung its praises and it, you know, it's not certainly not the first game to have a divisive um, reputation or reception, but it was something I knew going in like, okay, this game is, is not, I'm not exactly sure what to expect here. It it seems like this isn't a game that, that has a consensus that's easily uh, determined, I guess. Yeah. Um, So I, and I was still caught off, caught a little bit off guard because it is just such a weird game uh, kind of all across the board in terms of how it plays, how it feels, how it looks. Um, and it's weird, but in a way that also makes it kind of fascinating because it is so
0: weird. Um, does that make sense? Like, it, it, it is. I mean, it's it's because obviously everyone is comparing it to the last. Like That's what I was talking about before is that everyone was talking about the last breath of fire game that came before, Breath of fire four. And like I said, it's, it's such a revered game. And then you go into dragon quarter that seems to be, you know, taking things in a different direction, but that's kind of been the history of that series in a way. I mean, not really from breath of fire one and two, but then you go into three, uh, talking about like the soundtrack and the four and then four, uh, with the way that they, um, really put a lot of their budget into the pixel style to it. Um, and then you've got five, and it's so peculiar that they decided to go in this direction.
1: Yeah, so it's just... It's, it's, the type of, it's a type of storyline here where you, the player, as well as a lot of the... Uh, okay, let me just... So how the storyline basically is, and like I said before, it's pretty lean. Some undetermined amount of time before the onset of the game humanity lived on the surface of a planet earth probably but it seems like it was um, destroyed or decimated by dragons now they don't ever really say this outright there's no exposition that just kind of comes out and tells you this this is just something you have to just sort of figure out as you play you you when you start the game you are a ranger and you have a ratio that is called that 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 is given to your to your character Ryu, and it's like your rank, and your rank is really low. You're a low-ranking ranger, and everyone lives in this underground mineshaft, like I said. And you kind of learn as you go throughout the game that there's some sort of seal at the very top level of the mineshaft that is um, never to be opened. And as you progress through the game, there's actually like this um, this sort of kilometer measurement that you kind of see in your loading screens that shows you how, how deep you are in the in this sort of weird underground world. And so you, you kind of realize that as you're progressing through the game, you're getting closer and closer to the surface, and you see a couple of cutscenes with this mysterious group of people talking about things like potentials and uh, dragons and history, just really bits and pieces of it. And it's in a way where it doesn't feel very expository. It's like these characters know what they're talking about, and you just kind of having a piece like you don't get the full window here you're just getting a piece a glimpse try to figure out what the heck is going on and it, and that way is actually that's actually really cool to me I, I one thing i can't stand in a lot of video games especially japanese ones is they just kind of hit you over and over over the head with you know this is the this is the the meaning of things this is how things are going this is my feelings and it just kind of just it's not very uh it doesn't flow very well but yeah. this game, it, it's actually kind of interesting the way that the story is told. It doesn't it, tr- it doesn't treat you like an idiot. You just ha- you have to figure it out.
0: That's that's um, true, and and I think that there's there's something to be said about the world building and the characters because I mean I haven't played Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter in about four or five years, but I still have a pretty good memory of it, and that and I think that actually that itself kind of serves to the purpose of why Dragon Quarter is actually. A better game than people kind of give it credit for. Because I do like how the story um, is, for the most part, original. It doesn't try to take off of what other games were doing at the time. Like Dark Cloud or anything like that. Uh, Valkyrie Profile 2, I think, also was around the same time. So it was kind of impressive that they were able to pull something like that off. And I also really liked... Uh, besides the battle system, which was kind of this cool mishmash of real time and action and, and turn based, uh, it was it was kind of a fascinating thing. I also really liked how um, the characters they don't really overlap in terms of what they're capable of doing in combat, and so like yeah. every single character serves a purpose and so it's not the case where it's like okay i'm gonna play with this person until i find this get this other person and then they're gonna kind of completely take over that person's role it's that okay this person's the range character this one's the tank this one's like the the melee uh so like i think that that was probably the best part that they could have done like lynn if i remember correctly she was the one that's like the um the She's uh, your the range, range character, yeah, and she's got those cool area effect spells. Uh, then Nina's got all those magic spells, and Ryu, of course, being all about uh, dealing the most damage. And so, like that was probably the best part of that, of that game is is how the, every character is important because there's definitely a lot of RPGs out there where uh, you'll only have your core three or four characters, and the rest just kind of sit on their on the bench for the rest of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. How do I put this? So when I first started playing this game, a friend of mine described. So talking about the mechanics a little bit here, and I know that sounds boring, but the just like the rest <laughs> of the game. Yeah. And one, a friend of mine described it to me as, "quote They are these mechanics are not meant for humans." That's the way he <laughs> put it. Um, so first of all, saving, you yes. have to send a save coin to save the game, Second. and these are very <laughs> rare. You get, I think you get like less than, let's just say ten throughout the entire game. It's like a 10 Resident 10 Evil ribbon, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so you can't just save all the time, um, just freely. You basically have to spare them. You have to, uh, you have to uh, use them wisely. Now you can do these suspend saves. Yeah. Um, so if you have to just stop and you don't want to spend a coin, you can do these sort of pauses, these long pauses. But just like normal suspend saves, once you reload it. Uh, it goes away, so that's just kind of a convenience thing, but it doesn't actually save the game. Exactly. Um, Early PS. And there's also a mechanic um, that's related to the dragon potential. That's part of the game. Whereas when you form, when you go into the dragon form, there's a percentage uh, that that there's actually this percentage gauge on the upper right hand of the screen. that's basically there the entire game. It starts at zero. But as you go through the game, as you wander around, and as you use your dragon abilities, it goes up slowly. Um, and if it reaches one hundred before you finish the game, you lose. Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. So, so it's kind of like a it's a, it's kind of like a, a almost like a time limit. Only it's more like an ability limit. You don't you can't overuse your abilities. If you, your dragon abilities are super powerful, they're very useful. Um, many bosses feel like you almost need them. You don't, but they're they're, they're of course her dragon abilities are powerful that's the kind of a, that's a theme to all these games but you have to use them sparingly like you have to do the save coins. so it kind of it's like this limiter that's on you and there's also these um there's a lot of paths in the game that are restricted to you the first time you play. you cannot go on these paths until you are basically in a new game plus so it's kind of this weird th- this whole game is weird but it's the structure where it's it's expecting you to play through the game more than once like play it maybe you fail at some point and then you can sort of reload and start over but you keep you keep some things like you keep uh you keep some of your money and your experience and things as you start over it almost feels like a roguelike
0: it is uh, in that way i love that actually um, that was kind of cool like if you died I, get, I think if i'm not mistaken at the last boss of the game it required like a high amount of that dragon Counting thing, I think okay. it was like decounter or something like that. You needed a high amount. I think,
1: nah, it's. I'll get to that in a second. Sure, sure. But actually, I'll just. So, have you, you played Crisis Core?
0: Yes, just uh five, 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 once again, like roughly half. I think, Kyle, have you played it?
2: Uh, I haven't played it, but you can say whatever. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, Crisis Core's ending does this really cool thing with its gameplay mechanics, where. It ties together the storyline there with Zach Fair and Eris, uh, and how it how it relate and how they like build that into the slot system of that game. It's this kind of this. It's one of the coolest. Uh, how do I put this positioning of storyline and mechanics kind of put bringing them together. And the ending of Dragon Quarter is similar. Where basically you get to the end of the game, you're fighting an unbeatable battle. It's literally unbeatable. And once you get to that point, what you have to do is you have to use your dragon potential or whatever they call it. I don't think it's given a name. And you have to go to 100%. So basically, it's it's like you're sacrificing yourself in a way. And uh, then some really some cool stuff happens, and I won't spoil it, but um, I guess I sort of already did. But uh, it's kind of this really cool... Uh, with The way they sort of take this thing that's been staring at you the entire game in the upper right-hand corner, and it's almost like... It's almost like anxiety inducing. It's like, man, I don't want to see this thing keep going up as I play this game, and it basically just throws it at you right at the end of the game there. So anxiety. uh, (laughs) And this, uh, it is anxiety inducing, just staring at you the whole time. It's basically like counting down a failure. Um, And so it's it does this really cool thing at the end with that. I'm trying to think: is there are there any other weird mechanics? Oh, so the inventory system, yeah. Uh, you don't. Get, well, that's not. You, you don't get a lot of in- inventory space. Yeah. Kind of like a roguelike again. You kind. You have to. Uh, you have to be very careful with which items you keep, which items you you sell, um, which items you just ignore on the floor. But also with the storyline, I've already mentioned it's 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 very lean. There's not that much dialogue. There are not that many cutscenes. Um, it's a very somber, sullen game, and overall. And there's this, there's this lack of speech, this lack of dialogue um, throughout. That sort of fits that. It's uh, that's that also I think helps or kind of gives me that nocturne vibe. But there are more cutscenes that you see when you are playing through the game like a second time, like if you failed once. Uh, that kind of that kind of show show more of the story. Now, in my case, it was kind of weird. I actually failed really early on before I kind of knew what I was doing. Before I knew how to play the game, uh, like literally, like in the first two hours or something. So I re- I reloaded, and because my uh, I, di- I didn't fail again after that, but, be- but because my my playthrough was a second playthrough, I did get to see some extra scenes, uh, and I'm sure I think there are more that I did not see, but I don't feel like they were necessary in a way. If that makes sense, I don't feel like I was missing anything. It just kind of goes. It just it's just more. this weird design of this whole game and how it's selling its story and everything. Uh, So I think my final verdict is, some of the gameplay is a little bit tedious, the way that it's sort of stacked against you. Uh, The music is great. It's Sakamoto. I didn't realize that until I started playing the the Valkyrie Chronicles, the Final Fantasy 12 guy. Uh, But his style is immediately obvious. But, I would say the game is more interesting than good. But... (laughs) I still really appreciate it because there's really nothing that plays like it, and you know there's there's not very many games you can say that about um it's really hard uh to 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 compare it to other games wholly, yeah, and so it's something that I think will stick with me just because of how unique it is, and so you may you may hate it <laughs> if you try it out, but it's something that you probably won't forget. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of the thing where it's like Capcom was clearly running out of ideas uh, as far as like the classic way of approaching it. uh, Because if you think about it, this is the only series that Capcom has in the library that's straight up like a classic RPG, a traditional one. And so Mm -hmm. it felt like with Dragon Quarter that, you know, they were kind of like, okay, well, we've done all this that style of gameplay is becoming a little uh, passe. Let's go ahead and try something completely different with Dragon Quarter and see what happens. And so they put this out. And then, you know, after that, after that was so unconventional with the way they presented it to the fan base. Even if, you know, there was plenty of descriptions about how to understand how that dragon counter works, uh, the percentage that you were talking about, how the inventory worked, how the combat worked. Like, I felt like in that game, if I remember correctly, they explained things fairly... uh, well it's just the fact that it was so unusual as you were talking about uh that i think that it kind of soured some people and if you no, look I, like, at go ahead
1: it, well in terms of like the storyline it's not a confusing game just no. because it doesn't say a lot doesn't mean it's like really baffling no in that sense it's it so kind bad. of so it's a dystopian game for... not post-apocalyptic dystopian it kind of feels like something like 1984 if you read that book um in fact, actually, let me look this up real quick.
0: I mean, we're living in it, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but, okay, I mean, that's, so that's the kind of thing. It yeah. was
1: written... It was written, It was inspired by an alter, alternate history... A Japanese alternate history novel, uh, *Gofungu Fungu no Sekai, which is a dystopian novel. Um, and what I'm getting at is it feels like that sort of thing in 1984 where... Or other dystopian literature where, you know, you... There there might be some explanation on how the world works and things like that, but a lot of it is just sort of you seeing this world through a character uh, and kind of understanding. It's kind of fucked up how this world works, to be honest, and it, it gave me that sort of 1984 vibe to it, um, but it was not confusing. It's it just the type of thing where uh, you basically gain, you basically learn about this world in this game through the little bit that they show you. Uh, they don't show you everything, but you don't need to. So it's just a really interesting game. It's weird. It's it's honestly a little bit tedious in places, and maybe not mechanically sound all in all uh, all around. But it's just interesting, and that's cool.
0: That's and you know I I hope they do something with it because it's kind of funny like I remember around like around the time I was playing it I remember reading up Famitsu used to do their like most wanted sequels like for example one was Sakura Taisen which is the one getting a new game by next year uh so that's that was the one that topped the charts but like not that far behind it I think it was like fifth or sixth it was Breath of Fire but it just doesn't seem like Capcom has much interest in the series anymore I mean we're talking about the mobile game for, for we talked a little bit about that. But that was, like, a way to, like, I, I think, just easily bank off of the name and not really try yeah. too hard on, on creating a game that was, like, innovative or new. Uh, clearly not, because I played some of it, and it's definitely just another one of those. So uh, I, I would hope that, you know, with Capcom clearly doing a lot better, I mean, if E3 was any indication a lot better, uh, then they would be willing to take more risks, because clearly they've been only trying to play it safe up until... Um, Let's say Resident Evil 7 was uh, definitely not, uh, I would say, a safe move in in a sense because it was definitely more like a Silent Hill game. Wait. What? You would think Resident Evil 7 was a safe
1: move? It was not.
0: Okay, I thought you said it was. No, I said it was not a safe move. Okay. I said up to Resident Evil 7, they were playing it. Oh, safe. okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if anything that, uh, and of course with the announcement of Devil May Cry 5 and everything else they've got going for them with like Monster Hunter and Street Fighter, it just makes sense that maybe this is something, this is like the point where they could try something again um, and make something more modern. More. And I hope it's still as, firstly, I think it would be still cool if they went as unconventional as Dragon Quarter did just because um, it'd be a good way for them to stand Apart from the crowd, especially with Final Fantasy still going strong, so we'll have to wait and see. But it's mostly been it, Dragon Quarter for you, though. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I played some of the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles DLC challenge yeah. mode stuff, um, and that was kind of cool because I, had, with some of the post-game content and some of the uh, the DLC content up to this point for, for Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, there is a little bit of a lack of challenge, like. Wow! I, I powered up all my blades. I got all this really nice equipment and skills, and like this really cool team set up. But I have nothing to test it on. You know, like it can just knock out some of these really easy, like sort of post-game enemies that the game throws at you. But they're kind of chumps. So it was kind of this. It was a it was a cool way to to test. You know, all right, you built you built this super powerful like party of blades and, and drivers. Here are some things to test it on, and it was pretty challenging at times. So it was it was that was you know that was a cool addition.
0: And I, but, I saw yeah, that. Yeah. That
1: Breath of Fire. I'm sorry. Basically. Just that and Breath of Fire. I, I will mention Breath of Fire, this fifth game that I've been playing, it came out in two thousand three, I think. So it's been fifteen years uh yes. since this one. So it's kind of a kind of dead at the moment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally understandable. I mean, uh, I assume you saw that data mine that someone did of Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles Two, where you can be able to, you'll be able to adjust the difficulty. Like, there's a bunch of different sliders. It kind of reminded yeah. me of like the Sky Five that you'll be able to adjust the damage that the enemies make, or the amount of health they have, and the damage that you output, and all these other sliders to play around with. Would that uh, motivate you at all to go back and play other parts of that game still? Uh maybe a little bit, but. Yeah. It's
1: it, it 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 kind of feels. First of all, I think it's a cool thing that they're doing that. It's yeah. it's you know you don't that's that's not an update you normally see, uh, but it it really would just be for the sake of it. You know, like oh okay, let me let me bump up these these uh these challengers, these challenging uh, settings. You know, make make the enemies more tough, and then see if I can beat them. And then it really just be for like the satisfaction of doing it. Um,
0: <laughs> I I, like, I just hope it's not behind uh, the season pass or something like that like uh, Breath of the Wild was with the hard mode because that would oh, be yeah. really upsetting but you know uh, I think that'd be a good way for people who may have been intimidated by the game or feel like it's too hard or too easy uh, to play it, around with that so they're not feeling overwhelmed
1: it kind of uh, yeah, well, it, I wonder if it'll like affect anything else or is it just challenge uh, it kind of so. reminds me of um, how did how did the world Ends with you? Works. You can change the difficulty, and that affects your drop rates or. I think like that. that's
0: what that's how it worked. Yeah.
1: Like you know, not not other games have that too, but the world ends with you is what came to mind in terms of something that you can basically modify challenge as you go. And but there's a re, there's a there's a way to uh, or there's a reason to to challenge yourself did you get bonus you know experience or something. Yeah. It's been a while since I played that. I'll see when we play this we play the re release here. Yeah,
0: out. I mean like. And of course, Billby default had the uh, encounter rate slider that you can play around with yeah. as well, and like those types of features, I think are fantastic. And disguise, like I mentioned before, you can there's like a cheat shop that you'll be able to. Uh, Same kind of thing. Adjust a bunch of different sliders to uh, play around with that. But that was mostly like an easy way to quickly level up. And I guess that's kind of the same thing here. It's that you can totally level up a lot quicker and just break the game if you're into that. So uh, I think that that's a very appealing feature, but definitely one where it seems like that would be definitely more for like newcomers or people still trying to get through the story or if they hit a wall maybe Uh, and they want to do that. I think think toggleable challenging, like challenge
1: difficulty modes... Is a cool thing to have, yes. you know,
0: and a fast-forward
1: feature, also cool feature. If you just if you just want to experience the storyline, you don't have time to really uh, master the systems or grind or whatever, you know. And you just want to experience it, just set it to easy. If you really want to challenge yourself, set it to hard. You know, like some people seem to get kind of uppity about that, especially when it's like games like Dark Souls or something. If it had like more player friendly options, but it just let people play how they want to play and but uh, the options there. there
2: back in the day back in the day we used to have cheat codes and that's basically yeah, we yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. game then, shark now. Maybe. And now not even going game shark just game cheat code built code in the game built and, in, um, i remember playing uh GTA. oh sorry I, I interrupted but i don't know it's through. like i just remember like when i was really little really really little i would like play something like um it's not an RPG, but it was uh, Star Wars Jedi Jedi Knight Jedi yes. Outcast yes. Two, I think. Yes, I know and, what you're talking uh, about. It was really, really hard. And I used to like put on like all the cheats just so I could see all the cutscenes because I wanted <laughs> to see how the story ended. But like, it was really difficult. Well, it was when I was like fucking five years old or whatever I was, and uh, yeah, it was, I, I, I was like that. Mention, I actually... go ahead.
1: I was going to mention Star Wars uh, Knights of the Little Republic, um, the original computer game had a mm. ton of cheat codes. You could just kind of do whatever you wanted with that game. Uh, yeah. I mean, not not even just the modding stuff, but just, you can make yourself god, you can give yourself super powerful lightsabers, and make your, have your, like, unlock all the different Jedi skills from the get goes. Why not? Yes. Have fun with it. Yeah.
2: A lot of games have it kind of built in, where I think, like, when you play, like, Mario games, like, if you're just gonna get 64 stars, it's pretty easy, right? But if you want to go for all 120 or however many there are, it gets way 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 harder and it's kind of like you kind of like you make the challenge for yourself <laughs> and uh well I I I've always talked about how I think cuz I'm a huge dark souls player and I always think that if they wanted to add an easy mode or add toggleable like things then go right ahead like as long my thing is always as long as it doesn't affect my experience as long as I can still make have it my the way I like it then I don't care yeah um yeah. the problem i have is when they developers like nerf something and make it really like like a waste of time for everyone you know yeah. um <laughs>
1: it kind of reminds me of oh. two things first of all like divinity original sin i know that's coming out the the uh definitive Consul. edition is that what they call it
0: yeah uh, yeah, yeah.
1: definitive edition the the the, the, the 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 second edition of the second game and it's it's coming with a new kind of they call it i think story mode which basically is no minimal gameplay. Just hey, if you don't like computer RPGs, but you just kind of want to see the story of this game, just just set it to story mode. That's a new thing they're adding, and it also reminds me of uh like the new, more recent Fire Emblem games. They take off permadeath. You know, it's just a toggle. Like some people don't want to deal with that. Just turn it off.
0: No problem. It's, it's funny that Kyle, you talk about balancing. I want to hear your thoughts on Neo because you've been playing yeah, that.
2: I... <laughs> um uh well i actually been playing it for i think since march but i kind of like yeah going back and forth because i've been picking up other things but i'm trying to clear a couple games out of my backlog and neo is one of them so i started playing neo again basically yesterday on on the pc right yeah i'm playing the pc one yeah which is actually it wasn't a great port at first but now it's actually a really good port they updated it and fixed the problems like when it first came out you couldn't use your mouse at all like i'm not talking yes. about control the character but like to like even select things in the menu yeah um, yeah i heard about but, that and <laughs> they fixed that one second pardon me um so i've been playing it and um i have kind of like mixed feelings on neo where i think i think the combat is really interesting i think they did a lot to kind of like make it more fast paced it's a lot it's more like bloodborne than it is like dark souls yes and yes. though it has a lot of there's a lot of blocking and whatnot too it very much has its own unique flavor and you can tell this is made by like the ninja guy people they know how to make an action game yeah but exactly. um team ninja there's kind of things that i don't really like like i think my number one pet peeve with this game is the amount of like same repeat enemies like, like oh my gosh i can there's so many enemies like there needs to be more variety such a long game too and it just you're fighting like the same ones that you did at the start only their stats go up because you know it's an rpg blah 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 um exactly uh another thing is like one of my favorite things kind of in dark souls is like when you find a sword like this sword has a history and you get to learn more about the world when you read about where the what this sword who owned this weapon and what where you found it and so on and so forth but like neo is like, like this isn't a bad thing but neo is it's a lot like diablo it has item rarity and not just diablo but like any like you know loot centric rpg and uh, there's item rarity you know like uniques and epics i can't remember what they're called it's the same it's the same like item colors you see in any sort of like online rpg thing with lots of loot um and i don't really feel like any special connection to like my weapons at all like i don't feel like I'm just like, oh, here's a sword and I'm going to replace it in two levels because I found something. It's too that much. Better stats. It's too much. Um, I think they have, yeah, I think the amount of loot, I think, kind of like, like the way Diablo used to get around this is there would be lots of garbage loot, if that makes sense. Like, things would drop a lot, but um, the really good stuff would be only every so often. And Neo, it's like every single mob drops a few pieces of loot and that's fine. But I also kinda like miss a big problem I've always had with loot games um, is like my Diablo 2 is one of my favorite games ever, but something that game did that I feel like even the set the third game didn't do very well, third Diablo, um and even Destiny and a lot of online are just a lot of RPGs with tons of loot options is not enough unique modifiers. So like like in Diablo two there was like there was a oh helmet called Vamp Gaze and it used to do if you it was like a really sought after item in the online space and it would I can't remember exactly what it did, but it, it like added knockback effects and added poison damage and it had all these like unique modifiers oh, poison and poison like
1: But just just to make sure I'm understanding, unique modifier meaning like only this rare piece of item would, yes. would have Well like, a unique never, modifier would never... would,
2: yeah, it wouldn't be something you would see often. So, like a unique modifier would be like, um, this weapon is more effective at night or something like that. Um, whereas, <laughs> I, well, that was like, actually, funny enough, that was from a glitched item, an infamously glitched item in Diablo 2 where it was more effective at night. I, that's the thing that popped oh into my, my head. But God. like a unique modifier, what I'm saying is like not just stats, yeah, not just plus to strength, not just plus to dex, which is like basically all neo is from what i what I've seen so far, um so I don't feel super addicted to getting loot in that
0: it's what it's, I do uh, go, ahead. go ahead i was I was i mean there's definitely things like elemental damage and stuff like that, but that's just you know obviously it's it's very stat based but yeah, I mean this is all of the stuff that you're saying is exactly the arguments that I brought up during our game of the year discussion about that's why. People are curious. It didn't show up in the top ten uh, of the games that we wanted uh, to vote for Game of the Year because uh, those problems that you're talking about persisted and even uh, became exponentially more annoying uh, the more you played it uh, beyond just the the regular game. Going into like the you, DLC, you were also
1: you were also kind of upset of how they kept like changing balancing in it, yes. the post game, the post launch balancing, balancing yes. where yeah. you're, you would you would you would find a build that worked well. And then they would modify it like almost specifically to to, to nerf that build, and you would have to kind of start over in a way. Like, okay, this is garbage now. Is it is that
0: is that accurate? I mean, that's the, yeah. It, it's that they did a really shitty job balancing the game because anytime anyone came up with a potential build that worked together, because one of the coolest things, uh, the, I mean, one of the things I like is that if you get a full uh, like, you, there's like there's a bunch of different ones. That, one of these where they have like a certain like. They're grouped together by like a say like a clan or something like that or some sort of label. And so if you get if you wear all the armor like it's an armor set. And so like the the more you equip a parts of it, the more uh, the the greater the potential is. Like like for example, like Dark Souls is all about the backstab. There's this thing in Neo which is pretty cool. It's that like for example, one of the most like uh effective ones was the amount of damage you do to someone from behind when you slice them in the mm-hmm. back um that was always probably like the most popular uh damage buff that you could get and so there's a bunch of different armor sets where it's like okay if you pair these armor sets together it goes like five percent ten percent twenty percent thirty percent and then you get like forty percent uh increase to damage to enemies from behind and so you got people where it's like there's a way to like drag an enemy uh like with your weapon like say exactly like say like think of like a sphere that's got like, a hook to it you like you pull mm-hmm. rip them back and so you get behind them and then just start wailing on them from behind they found all these different ways to nerf those stats to oblivion and that a lot of that stuff became the effectiveness became uh minimalized to the point that people were just getting killed nonstop. stop uh and the higher uh levels uh the, the more challenging missions and to the point that it just became really annoying and you were talking about like there's a bunch of garbage loot that was what became probably the 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 crux of it all like that was the worst part of that game after a while because as adam said i spent like maybe 10 hours making a build at one point like 20 hours creating a build just by like trying to find all these different loot uh pieces of loot and then going back to smithy and trying to like take the traits from those armor set from those pieces of armor because everything sometimes you get like random uh uh uh, skills or abilities or stats on these uh, piece of equipment and once you max out their potential you can actually transfer the traits to other weapons and other armor sets to really build up your character to like the nth degree uh, to like the colored loot like you were talking about so i'd spend all of this time uh Basically, depending on RNG or random number generator, which is just you know, you just everything's just mm-hmm. randomized, uh, to the point that like I spent all this time and I was very happy with where I was at. And then, uh, Team Ninja would come around and say, Hey guys, we're nerfing that. Here's a book of reincarnation, so you can start all over again. It's like, no, that's that's not how it works. And so, I do believe that, uh, they need to get rid of that loot stuff. But I, w- I want to hear more of your opinion, Kyle. I don't mean to like talk it's- over this whole session here.
2: I really do like the combat additions that they do have. Yes, um, I, I do kind of wish they, I think that what they should do for the sequel is I think they need to create enemies that force you to change stances more. Cause like right now it's just kind of like you use whatever stance is most effective. Yeah, um, Medium
0: or if this Lord of the ground maybe low, but that's, you know, that's not yeah, it. I would like sometimes. some enemies. So I
2: really think there's some, ideas there where they could put some enemies that kind of like force you to change quickly cuz you can get some really cool stuff going when you change it up it's just you don't really need to um another thing that i um i do really like it i do like it sometimes it gets on my nerves a little to sometimes <laughs> i think some of the bosses are a little some of the and bosses hitboxes are really tricked, really i don't even know how to say it bad in that game like the toad um, <laughs> yeah yeah the toad hitboxes were absolutely driving me no oh, not see so i'm like he was like he has like one combo where it's like a three move combo where he like stabs and then he swipes and then he like stabs again but it's also like he jumps up in the air but anyways i didn't finish my thought <laughs> i swear to god where i swear to god i would de- dodge clearly out of the way like by at least four feet and he would still hit me and he also had a move where he jumps up in the air when you're attacking him and he just kind of like does a butt drop with a spear that's how you I get swear behind to god him. <laughs> yeah yeah and i swear to god that hits more often than it doesn't no matter where you are yes. um but i do i don't want to seem like i'm complaining too much but i do think it's a good game i just i feel like if it makes any sense i feel like neo 2 is going to be a much better game than neo because they can take the best stuff from that game and take the criticism and make a better game because um, i think there's a lot of potential here because you know dark souls clones are always like in my opinion that like almost all of them' have been not very good at all, like loads of fallen uh loads, have fallen. <laughs> uh, you know, loads of fallen where you can actually cheese the last boss and make him like glitch out, so
0: he stands at one spot while you basically take care of him really quickly, so I... it's broken.
2: I feel it like, I feel like they've carved out their niche and it'll be a big series, because, obviously it's like highest te just highest selling game ever, I believe, yeah um, I, would, yeah. I would imagine so they just passed two million copies, I think, um but it is. It is good. I'm going to finish it. Um, How long I, is it? Uh, my my thing is, I've been taking with these games. I'm so meticulous. Like I'm 45 hours in, but from I just looked at a walkthrough, and apparently I'm only like like if I if I just do the main missions, I can probably finish it in probably like eight hours. But if I keep doing all the submissions, like I have been, it'll probably take me more like 30 or 40 hours more. Um, which I'm probably going to stop doing the submissions because I feel like that's part of partly why I'm getting burnt out. Or I get burnt out but it's it's a really it's a really interesting game like I think that I think that especially for the people that like Dark Souls that kind of love the I haven't done any PvP or anything I don't really even know how it works in that game but uh, I feel like if you love just the, the combat side of things then then the, you'll probably go crazy for Neo um, but yeah I don't know it's it's a very interesting game I am liking it the only thing I, I haven't played it, but the thing I'm always I
1: always get uh, hesitant about with sequels is hopefully Neo Two doesn't like retread a lot, like just copy pasting areas or enemies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like now it seems like now we we really didn't get that much information on it, so it seems like it's either is very very early, like mm-hmm. it was just like a quick teaser is what we got at E3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think there's basically two things that it showed us. One. You have a customizable character rather than a a set character, rather than William. And also, yeah. yeah, for good and reason. Also, <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, it seems like you can transform into demons. So that might be its hook in terms of like this new mechanic in terms of demon transformation and how does that work?
0: It's so. it's becoming more and more like Onimusha, is what I've realized. Because Onimusha was a really hard <laughs> game. It's got that same style to it. It's it feels more and more like Onimusha, and I'm totally down with that. So
2: I do really, yeah, I do really like the um, why. The, are they called familiars? I don't remember what the fuck they're called. Yeah. But like, yeah, they are called yep. familiars. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and they feel there's a lot of little like when I think about it, like I go back and forth with this game a lot because like at one point I was like I don't even know if I want to finish it. Um, at one point I was like, wow, this, this game is super fun. Like like last night when I started up last night, I beat three bosses in a row because I was just kind of doing the main missions. And I think that my advice to people is like stick with the main missions and then maybe try to do not too many submissions because the submissions are where things start to like really repeat and there's not bosses or anything. There's yeah. just like the I mean, same things over and over.
0: There's, there's a few submissions that are worth doing mostly because you get the new, um, uh, spirit weapons uh i think they're called that's what the, guardians i'm sorry it's been a while since i played that game so i'm trying to remember like the guardians but there's also like some like there's some submissions if you beat them over and over again you actually get stronger weapons but for the most part yeah especially if you're playing on normal i would not really bother too much with the side stuff and just focus on the main story like you said because especially yeah. like if you got the dark souls knowledge um you can get through that game fairly easily like i didn't have much I played about 70 hours that game before I beat it, but that was because I was doing all the side content, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, I you know can... that it's
2: got... It's Team Ninja, which Team Ninja is always kind of... Like, when I played the Ninja Gaiden games, like, the the ones they made, not the NES ones, was before my time, but... Uh, the best the, ones. Uh, yeah, the, the Team Ninja, the Xbox Ninja Gaiden games. Uh, I remember um, they would have, like, absurd challenges or like here's three bosses in one room that you have yeah, to beat they yeah do that. And,
0: <laughs> they do that in this game yeah of they of yeah
2: i know they do and that uh, that's like po- that's like new game plus stuff um that's which like, i kind of kind know, of that. in kind of interests me because i always felt like i kind of like that like uh, re- that like mentality of like we're gonna make something intentionally broken for you to try and beat like it's like these two bosses are not supposed to be together but we're gonna have you fight them anyways um <laughs> which uh, it looks fun to me. I I might do that despite, you know, it looks funny to me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun and especially if you get to the point where you're so overpowered that like that's the thing like it's been so, so patched so many times that I don't know how feasible it is but like I faced two bosses one time I stood across the clearing shot an arrow to, into the guy's head and that makes them drop to the ground if you get a headshot on them and so I ran up while the other enemy was trying to dash at me but completely missed me stabbed the one guy in the ga- ground killed him instantly ran around to the other guy hit him I. Ran around to the back, stabbed him from behind to sweep. Actually, I did like the sweeping move with my spear to knock him on the ground. Stabbed him in the ground, killed him instantly, and that was it. It's it's this very very satisfying experience that you don't really get from Souls, where you could become so overpowered in that game once you figure out how to do it right that it's it becomes like a joke. Uh, and that was the funnest part about that. I think that's what the whole nerfing aspect hurt more, uh, just because I. That's why I like grinding out levels in RPGs is because I like the feeling of being super overpowered. And when they take mm-hmm. that away from you, uh, it's, it's a little empty, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I totally agree that I hope they sort of learn their lessons about, especially about the um, repetitive monsters because that's what kept it from being a 10 for me when I was scoring the game, when I reviewed it. Uh, but obviously, if I go back at it now, I would have scored it a few points lower just because of the post-launch experience that... Uh, Not a lot of people, to be fair, experienced, but when I got to go through it, I could tell because I was following people on YouTube that were playing the game post-launch as well, and you could really Mm -hmm. hear how upset they were getting, how disappointed they were with the game, with how it was. Like They were the ones making these giant guides for characters, that, and the guides that I've made for the site, too, that are totally not feasible anymore because they changed so much of the different parts of that game, the one build that, the critical weapon build that kept people alive for the longest time, uh, they took that away from us. And that's the, it just became almost like, not I wouldn't say like traumatizing, uh, but it it really put me off of that whole game. But if you're only playing the normal game, let me be clear, like you were doing, Kyle, uh, you'll have a really good experience with it. And so as long as you keep it to that point of it and not try to do too much post-launch stuff, you might be better off. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: So it um it's a really i, I I'll finish it cause you should, some reason you should. I, have to, I I will for sure cause It's a good I don't a boss. even think, I don't <laughs> even think it has like from what I can tell if you just do the main missions is actually not that long of a game well what's, um, what what boss did you just beat uh bit the i think her name was the ogre lady something like that oh the um, wow that that was actually pretty
0: fun because as long as you learn how to dodge around her when she was trying to charge you it wasn't so bad yeah you're not that far I, off honestly from, from i thought that. she was
2: i thought she was super easy i yeah. beat her my first try yeah no she's
0: um, once you figure out her tells it's it's she's very easy especially her like diving when she jumps up and stabs down like the toad mm-hmm. is probably one of the hardest enemies and then there's this other. Um, animal you have to face once you take care of them though uh then the rest of the game is actually kind of simple in a way it's all you get over a hump basically so yeah you're not that Mm -hmm. far off from the end of the game so yes i would definitely agree that
2: you should stick with it oh i will and the other game i've been playing um yes kingdom hearts birth by sleep you and natalie both Uh, apparently (laughs) so um well she's been, I think she's been watch. she's been going through the whole She's whole been refreshing her lore. Yeah. She's yeah. watching the streams Rushing. that they put up. Yeah. 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 But um uh so I played Kingdom Hearts 1 like way back like 8 years ago or something like that just on a whim and I liked it, but I never followed up with the rest of the series, so uh that actually got me into playing uh I I played through Kingdom Hearts 2 earlier this year and I really really liked it. It was I liked it a lot more than the first one. I mean, yeah. and my memories of the first one are—it's it's been a while. But it was—it <laughs> wasn't. It, it now, was it's an, not great. <laughs> it so. was uh it was an excellent game, though the second one. But uh, Birth by Sleep, I think, actually is my favorite one that I've played. I really—it's you can tell that it was a um, PSP I'm, uh, a game. I'm, I'm, yeah, a PSP game. I almost said mobile. And <laughs> one second. <clears throat> um, sorry, everyone, sinus uh, cold. Anyways, but. Um, you can tell, kind of like from the perspective, that it was a a, a mo or a PSP game, because like the camera's kind of like pulled in really close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you can I, tell with
1: the camera and also just the environments and stuff like that. Small mm-hmm. screens, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, it feels not built for that. It feels tailored for that. But I do really, I actually like. Pardon me. Um, I love this game. It's really good, and um. I actually just started god damn it sorry i just started aqua's campaign today um and i think i'm like i'm about halfway now and it's she plays like uh ventus like kind of got on my nerves because he's very like you know he's he's more he's more about like his speed and whatnot mm-hmm. but it's like sometimes it would take forever to kill things as him and i thought tara, <laughs> tara was a little bit slow like hey, tara. Hey, tara i know tara so much a, <laughs> Tara's very like He's very melee centric, but Aqua just like feels like God. It feels like a fucking platinum action game when you're playing as her. Um, she is. Yeah. She's like the
0: hybrid, and she's the best, honestly, she's definitely the best. Because Ventus, when you play Ventus, I'm sorry to cut you off mid thought there. There's just that uh, next to next to Ventus, Terra looks like a joke, and so Ventus is fast and he's also melee focused. But then you've got Aqua, who's got like a mix of like melee and magic, and it's just so much fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh she's really really fun i i also like understand how like the command decks like system works pretty well now it's just like oh use every ability you know bind every ability and like you know mix and match and experiment and make cool stuff and it's actually it's really fun and uh because like when i was playing as Terra at first i was like overthinking it i was like yeah. what the fuck is this like theory crafting shit like am i like, go <laughs> to wiki to like figure out how this works and then it's just like, no, it's just, you know, use abilities, combine them and I attach a gem to them and mold them together and make weird stuff. And um, it's what I, one thing I, one thing interesting about this game is I, I kind of noticed that Kingdom Hearts, well, we'll go backwards when I say this. Kingdom Hearts 3 looks like it's like modern Disney. So it's like a lot of the CG animated stuff, uh, you know, Tangled, Frozen, yeah. Toy Story. It's the,
0: it's the world uh, King- they're trying to make. Yeah.
2: Kingdom Hearts 2 looks like uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is a lot of the like stuff that us millennials I think grew up with like Beauty and the Beast and uh, I don't even know what you want to call that era of Disney Mulan. like Mulan Little Mermaid like 90s and 80s stuff um, and, and I know it, what's weird to me is like they throw Pirates of the Caribbean in both of those games and I that's like made me one thing about Kingdom Hearts 3 that I'm a little disappointed in is I really yeah, wish like, they were doing another Pirates world um especially like, would,
1: like how so long like, ago is pirates i think it's they said it's based on a third pirates movie but when did that come out like 2010
2: something like <laughs> that yeah and also like the last pirates movie like bombed horribly like the yeah. one that came out last summer like that franchise is gone like they should have like made oh, someone suggested this and it's such a good idea pirate. that it makes it makes me angry um that they but uh the muppets imagine a muppet world <laughs> That would be so good. That would be so good. Oh, be, I wish. you would have Kermit on his on on his
0: legs, standing up and fighting with you. It'd be so. hilarious. Yeah.
2: I would love that. I'm not even joking. I would love that. I would totally be that with you. But and then I noticed that Birth by Sleep is um a lot of the uh, really old Disney stuff, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and like Sleeping Beauty, and I guess I know it's not it's uh, like God. a total. I know there's stuff like Lilo and Stitch in there and whatnot, but yeah, um, yeah. but like it's a lot of like the older stuff, and I don't know. There's something because this game like has if does definitely has less Disney than that the was other
0: too, two. My biggest problem when I did the review for the game is because it had a lot less Disney. Apparently, people like really like that that there was a lot less Disney and way more Square Enix stuff. But I was of the mindset that, and I still am that I actually. That's what I come to Kingdom Hearts for. A large part of it is the is the Disney stuff. I still like the, the Square Enix stuff, but like Disney, it's all the nostalgia that I I really enjoy from that. So that was like one of the only, I guess, cons. I wouldn't say negative, but like a con for me is just that I wish there was more Disney and not as much. I you would yeah, totally what you're saying. Like the vault stuff. I I mean, more modern Disney would have been cool too. But just general all around,
2: I think I would have liked that more. Mm-hmm. They, but. My thing about what i there's a lot of things I really like about this game. Actually, like, I, I do want to say, like, I haven't finished it, so I don't, I do would, would like to go in clean, but like, um, because I finished Terra's campaign and then Ventus' campaign, like, I'm doing it in, like, chronological order, and now I'm doing Aqua's. And, uh, I actually, like, unironically like the story in this game. It's interesting. Um, it's... In terms of story, I, tell yes. me if you agree with this. The way I kind of felt is
1: Kingdom Hearts 2 does take quite a few weird, awkward turns, and it does. That's where like the convolution argument kind of really comes into play, where things just mm-hmm. kind of get weird with the nobodies and heartless and whatnot. And I feel like Birth by Sleep does ratchet it down a little bit, at least to yeah. the point where it kind of complements it in a way where it's not so it's not so just convoluted all the time. There are parts of it that are, but I feel like it ratcheted back a little bit. Mm-hmm. At least to help things make sense.
2: Yeah, it, it's like I, I understand what's going on in this game. Yeah, uh, so far, like I haven't been lost. Like there was a point in two where I'm like, "What's the fucking difference between a heartless and a and a nameless?" Like I'm like, "What's? There's, well, like the same thing." Try um, to explain it. Now, um, the one thing about
1: just talk, okay, Kingdom Hearts lower here. The one thing about Birth by Sleep that gets a little bit weird. I think they touched on this in Ventus' story so it shouldn't be a spoiler is like how he was like split in two and he's like mm-hmm. the light half and Vanitas is the dark half and it's that that's probably the weirdest part of that game in yeah. terms of story stuff.
2: Yeah, the uh it 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 just has like a nice tone and like I can't help but love uh uh what is his name Xenohart? Zeinhart I'm sorry Xanart Xanart I love Leonard Nimoy as Zeinhart. Like he's just like so Zanar? perfect. He just like yeah. he's just sorry, I can't remember all the whatever. All <laughs> their okay. names are like okay. fucking like anagrams for other characters and, then, and all the shit. And I'm Zinehart, like, oh god. Yeah. Um uh, Zeinhart. So I uh, you know, I love Mark Hamill as uh master whatever his name is. I don't remember. Gucci looking either. guy, yeah, that's easy. Master sakaguchi Yeah, master uh, yeah. Sakaguchi. <laughs> yeah
0: that's that's dick. Um
2: it's just kind of. I guess Jesse McCartney is Ventus, and yes. um, I still haven't found out why he looks like Roxas, but. Um, uh, I, I can I explain this to you, but. No, let's sure. not. Let's not, yeah. I already know, like, Ventius is whatever the fuck his name, Venitas <laughs> He is, uh, looks like Sora. Um, I, I, I'm going to try and finish the game tonight, actually, because I don't. I will say, I think Jesse McCartney actually does a pretty good job. He does both
1: Agreed. Roxas and
0: Ventus. Yes. Like,
1: mm-hmm. not, he, he's, he's like a. He was, like, a teen star slash music guy and, like, some acting. But his voice acting here, I think, is actually not too bad in, both in, in all his Kingdom Hearts
2: roles. Well, like, I don't know. They, still, I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know if it's Disney footing the bill, but there's a lot of celebrities in fucking Kingdom Hearts in general. Like, I didn't even realize that squall in two was david boreanaz that's, i laughed yes. out loud when i was, found that out
0: i was streaming it and it was funny because you got one room i was playing in the kingdom arts it's like all right over here's squall voiced by david boreanaz or angel from buffy and then over here is mandy moore playing heiress <laughs> like that's the it's like there's a weird like I'm like oh, okay guys this is <laughs> this is so weird but even
2: just even just like mark hamill and that was you know that was um apparently one of leonard Nimoy's last roles was yeah. that was the Zeinhart. Yeah, Am right, I right. saying that wrong? Still, it's it, Zainort. Zainort. Zainhart. Zainort. 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 Yes. X e
0: h a n o r t. That's
2: Zainort. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say. Zay-N-O-R-T.
0: I was like, who? <laughs> so we're we're well, good it's now. We're good. Just like
2: they all have like the same. They all like. I don't even like. They ignore like, vowels I, and consonants. There's, there's like five characters in this franchise that all look identical, like yeah. Sephiroth minis or whatnot. Yeah. But um, Voice by Lance Bass. It's a, <laughs> one thing I uh, one thing I really love in this game though um I think I think the combat in as a whole is way better than Kingdom Hearts 2 um like it just it's not as like fast but it's just it's like really crunchy and satisfying yeah it's good um, it gets better yeah so sure. i th- there seems to be like two schools of thought like mm-hmm. When
1: people like say which game is their favorite, usually they're gonna say either two or Birth by Sleep. Nobody usually says the first one or no, it's kinda... Dream Drop Distance or of Memories is their favorite. It's usually mm-hmm. one of these two. Um, and so, like Kingdom Hearts two has, you know, it's stylish, it's smooth, it's flashy, uh, it's easily controlled. But it I think it I think I personally think it leans a little bit too far into like the button mashiness. You just kinda just press X mm-hmm. a bunch and you watch Sora do cool flips and shit. Um where you can't really do that in Birth by Sleep. Your your X combo is only like three hits long and then you have to pull in your mm-hmm. your uh your deck abilities, which you set yourself. So yeah. I think I think that part is cool, even if it is a little bit more methodical, a little bit um uh, limited by the uh the hardware it was on. So mm-hmm. All in all, I kind of hope that Kingdom Hearts three is kind of a mix between the two, as you know, as smooth and easily controlled as two, maybe with that that level of uh, maybe tone down the button mashing a little bit with the level of control over like the skills and command deck and stuff you have in Birth uh, by Sleep. So mm-hmm. that'd be cool. I
2: I also like how some of the problem I had with Kingdom Hearts two is um because it's such a it's a pretty fast. Like, it's pretty fast, especially for an RPG. Like, it's a fast-action RPG. But Mm -hmm. something I didn't like, I felt, like, hurt the game's combat was the, like, thumbing around with the the D-pad, like, when you're trying to move around at the same time. Uh, Like, I just found, like, I would start doing that thing where, like, I would keep my thumb on the, like the d-pad and then i like awkwardly like move my like ring finger over and like press the like oh, the psp claw uh,
0: hand that became yeah. so familiar with you're, you're, uh, <laughs> be,
2: just be glad you didn't play the
1: psp version of uh for because so you don't know yeah that was the worst
0: playing it like that was the worst one analog Actually, stick <laughs> yeah
2: I actually found. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah, about that. Exactly. But, yeah. But it feels pretty. It feels way better, like on PS4. Like like that. Yeah. You, there's not as much thumbing around in the menu. It's just like you press triangle, and if you need to switch attacks, you just go up and down on the D-pad, and it's it's a more manageable. But the the combat just feels so good in that game. I like. I love just fighting things. The bosses are great. Um, I think the. Uh, how am I? My favorite boss be so far. Um have you have you done aqua's story in neverland yet uh no okay that uh, that
1: that probably has my favorite
2: boss in the game i'll just say that i just beat um i just beat uh oh god what i'm uh, maleficent uh oh in the in the, the big dragon, dragon. i mean, i was kind of confused with what was going on because uh what is it prince charming what whoever the i don't yeah. remember the name of the prince and um i think it is the prince Lord. charming yeah uh, no, like, Prince Charming. I, that's I, Snow White. I think, I think Prince Charming is Snow White. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is. Sleeping
1: Beauty
2: is Prince Philip. <laughs> yeah. Prince Philip. So, there's a point in the fight where after you do enough damage to, um, to Maleficent, she because she turns into a big dragon and she she breathes fire, and you have to stand behind Philip and he like shields you and like you press square to, um, he like throws you up in the air and then you come down and like punch her in the face. Um. <laughs> uh and then that's exactly what like oh maleficent <laughs> turns into a dragon what are you dishing out these 80 year old spoilers here <laughs> but um but um anyways i kept screwing up like i died like three times because i didn't understand what was happening like, yeah, I, I, I was like i didn't realize i was i didn't realize i was supposed to like stand behind philip so i'd be like how am i supposed to like why is there Not like fire? Like, it, yeah, killing me immediately. <laughs> this is bullshit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a Call <laughs> of Duty. You're going outside the danger zone. Get back here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, but it's a really good game. Um, I'm It's gonna. Be, I can tell it's gonna be one of those games. That are gonna be sad when it's over. Yeah. Um. Now, <laughs> wait another you, ten years. Do King you more.
1: do you plan on playing
2: uh, two point eight? Um. For some reason, you know, I actually want to. I have no idea why for some reason on Amazon.ca, which before anyone says you can't order from .com in Canada. um, But uh, for some reason, it's like really fucking expensive, like $100. What? Um, It's like 20, 30 uh, bucks here. What the hell? What does it go with? 2.8, right? 2.8. Let me look at it right now. But what uh, I basically, but
0: no, um, you need another Prime whatever. Day where it's like six bucks. <laughs> that's what the hope is. Oh, I,
2: I must be dreaming. Okay, never mind. It's The reason it's more expensive is because Amazon.ca themselves doesn't have it. Oh, okay.
0: some, some jag stupid jag idiot. Off. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Anyways, go an idiot, ahead. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah.
1: so yeah, these aren't really spoilers, just kind of what's ahead for you. So there's Aqua's story in Birth by Sleep, and then there's mm-hmm. sort of two like final stories that you'll do. In Breath by Sleep, yeah, uh, yeah. they're both Aqua because she's basically the main character of that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's actually like the, the timeline here gets a little bit weird, but the demo in 2.8 that also features Aqua kind of fills in a gap there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you probably want to play that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy
2: like, it. Especially really... if you like Aqua. I do really like her as a character and how she plays and her design. Like she's. I like really her vocal. voice. I yeah, like her voice. Too. I know she's some really people don't like her voice, but it's it's, it's Willa Holland because she she course she
1: she sort of uh she has this sort of airy gaspiness to her voice, I guess. But what is uh, she like... known
2: for? Sorry,
1: uh, she she does some CW type stuff. I think. Let me, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. she's she's another one of those like people who's not typically a voice actor. Uh, she was in CW series Gossip Girls, uh,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and
2: also in The OC. Okay, so she <laughs> it's like okay, Rachel Lee yeah.
0: Cook, you know, right? Like they just kind of come out of nowhere and become like. Has it has
2: I, since you both know the series much more than me. Is there any particular reason why they have like these like like sometimes very famous celebrities in this this series?
0: Just because they I need names, yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, but, that's all it but is. But also
0: uh
1: for Kingdom Hearts 3, dream drop distance is almost a requirement to understand it, I think. So, yeah. you'll want to play it, but the problem is dream drop distance is not very good. Uh, that's I would say
0: you're probably but, better off watching one of those streams about that try to catch yeah, you like, up on stuff, you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard that it's got an interesting story, but I heard the gameplay is really shitty in that yeah, game.
0: It's it kind of it
1: takes Birth by Sleep's gameplay and tries to modify it to like make it its own thing, but it doesn't do it very well.
2: Well, the other game I because I <laughs> originally I was gonna play through all of them, but like my thing is like I'm not good at like marathoning a whole series. Like even when I started Yakuza last year, I played through Zero and then and Kiwami. then Kiwami and then I haven't even touched Six yet because. The main reason I haven't touched six is because I, I'm still like, I, I can't do it all at yeah. once, if that makes sense. I just can't. Um, that's just how I am. So like after Birth by Sleep, I'm probably just going to watch a video of Dream Drop Distance and then then play three when it comes out.
0: Yeah, go watch the movie, like all those other cutscenes like with uh, 356 and a half, whatever, however you pronounce it.
2: Actually, I will head right to Amazon and purchase it from Square Enix's official. <laughs> no. Well, Anyways, we, what were you saying? I can tell you want to say something, Adam. All, all I was going to say was, like, Birth by Sleep
1: is basically an Aqua's game. She's the main character of it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is a second fiddle. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dream Drop Distance is uh, basically Riku's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit different. It's actually kind of weird because in, in Dream Drop Distance, like, they build up Riku's character a lot. But they kind of make Sora like this huge
0: idiot. Which is yeah, actually kind of uh, disappointing. I <laughs> like, I will say I know people still play in the online mode of Dream Drop Distance, which is bizarre. You know, they still get really into that. That's like that was the big selling feature of that game, besides it wait, being Kingdom Hearts.
1: I think you're thinking of, uh, hmm, I think you're thinking of the the DS game, three five eight, that had the online stuff.
0: Right? Are you sure. I'm pretty sure Dream Drop Distance, because I remember playing. If, it,
1: if Dream Drop Distance did, I totally forgot about it. <laughs> Oh, maybe with
2: the Dream Eaters Street Pass. So the the Kingdom anyway. Hearts Three Prologue in two point eight—that's really short, isn't it?
0: Yes, that's short. No, oh, there was there was an arena mode in Dream Drop Distance. I know, it was, I played it at E three oh. once. That was like oh, it, uh, it might be something. I, I might have ignored it. <laughs> yeah, like most people did. That's why I was. But oh, yeah, yeah that was if if
1: you, if you at least want to play the two point eight demo or. God, these stupid numbers. the The demo is oh point two yes. in two point eight. Yes, that that's yeah. pretty short. That's like I don't know five hours.
0: Yeah, oh, it's that long. Well, it's 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 probably well, less than that. Maybe, actually, it's, it's
2: probably like three to five, five if you do everything. Okay, yeah, I, I'm pro- right. I, I think I will play it, especially if it's Aqua. But yeah, mine I would play more, but like there's also like a bunch of other stuff i want to play between now and three like i really want to play dragon quest when it comes out and yeah um, for some reason for some reason i i've never played a modern fallout game so i bought fallout new vegas on the steam sale I'm gonna install some mods, and I'm probably gonna pick that up um, once I finish Neo and Birth by Sleep. You know, um, neither have I, so I'm probably in the same boat
0: as you are. Like, I want to get around to playing. It. Maybe I'll play that Cal- that Fallen New Republic, whatever that game was that's supposed to be coming out in October. That's like new Cal- California, New I California. That was it, yeah. So, what is that? Sorry, it's a it's, full, a, it's a total conversion mod. Like the guys poured like a ton of hours into making, and so it's like a whole new area with new a bunch of oh, new content yeah. and voice characters. Yeah, it's must yeah. be pretty impressive. So that would be uh, some... I, I didn't play Skyrim until maybe a couple years ago, and I played with a bunch of Final Fantasy mods on. Like, that's the way to motivate me to play through some of these games, is just, like, attach a bunch of mods to it and see what happens. So uh, I'd be curious to check that out. But let us know how you feel about that, though, because um, especially, like, to, uh, uh,
2: when you get through Birth by Slate, because... Yeah. It'll be done. I think, I actually think, I, uh, I don't know how long those two scenarios, are like prologue or epilogue is, or whatever, but it's a, little, um, it's, a little, it's a little beefy. So, I mean, we're talking about, like, even 2.8 is
0: about 40, 50 hours. I mean, so, Oh, well, I'm they not talking remember. about. Yeah. I mean, Aquas, I just.
1: There's, there's, a, there, there's Aqua's route, and then there's, like, the final route, and yes. then there's a secret that are yeah. basically both Aqua as well. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I'll play. Yeah. I might. I mean, I'll see if I can finish it tonight. I probably won't. I'll finish it this weekend, anyway. It's a long weekend here. You can make the uh, argument that Aqua is probably the best fu- Kingdom Hearts character. That's that's no, she is. She is
0: definitely <laughs> the have... probably the best. I would say yes, she's definitely the best Kingdom Hearts. Character. I would say that. I would say the best
1: characters in the series are Aqua and Riku, mm-hmm. and other characters like I don't know Kyrie. The only reason why they're not is they only had a chance to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was that's kind
1: of disappointing when you think about it. But Sora not just because they made him an idiot in the in the. In the most
0: recently. i name. still think he's, he's great like a total idiot he's okay nally went on this big tangent about how she thinks soar is a big idiot on twitter and i just like no he's great i love soar <laughs> he's, he's like, like he's my rare. childhood i drew i grew up they, they, playing they kind, kind of they kind of take his like unbridled optimism
1: and turn it into like incredible naivete just like oh, uh... man i don't care though i want his like
0: <laughs> uh, I, I want his like i don't want anything getting in the way of his like <laughs> uh, unending optimism i think that i need that in my life i don't want all this like like why doesn't he get sad or unhappy or angry or anything like that it's like no i want him to be optimistic because i need that in my life it's 2018 i need optimistic sorry to like pull me through and that's i'll be i'm totally fine with that i'm playing kingdom Hearts one right now and that's exactly what i need so i, I totally get that all yeah. right yeah that's all that's all i've
2: really been playing yeah
0: uh, well, for me, yeah, it's it's just, like I said, Kingdom Hearts 1 that I'm getting through. And I also played a lot of Luminous Remastered, and I got through the Versus mode, which is was a pain in the ass, because I didn't understand the mechanics. But it's great going back to that game after buying that around PSP launch, and just having a bunch of nostalgia for that game. So that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I plan on getting to, I got uh, Shining Resonance Refrain uh, now, and I'll be playing that, so I'll probably be able to talk about more about that later. Can't really talk about it now. So let's get into the very little bit of news that we've got here. Uh, first up, Ys, Memories of Celseta. Exceed Games finally announced the release date for that after being super vague about it all this time. We actually didn't know when it was coming out. I think they kind of before said sometime in the summer. But now we know, July 25th. And so you've got this weird situation where last week we were talking about all the issues. Me and James were about East Eight on, on the Switch, and now you've got to be reminded that, oh yeah, that's right, Exceed Games, Memories of Celceta, they're handling this at the same time. And so it's going to be kind of interesting to see. Uh, I assume it's got all... I didn't really read too much of the press release, Adam. You probably did because you posted about it. But I assume it's got all the quality of life improvements that the other East games do.
1: Yeah, it's... So... For people who don't know, this game was a a Vita game back in 2013. Yeah, early Vita, yeah. Uh, even even then, it, it's it was a very early Vita game, and it, people even then said it should have been on PSP because it's not. It wasn't a looker. Um, but anyways, so they're porting this to PC a year after they ported uh, E7, which was a PSP game to PC. So this is actually kind of nice because now basically the entire series is on pc except for there there are some spin-off games and like versions of so there there are 8 east games but there's something there's like two different versions of 3 and three different versions of 4 and it's weird yeah, but now Pogana, almost guess. all of them are, almost all of them are on will be available on pc most of them are X-Seed, <laughs> except for east 8 ex- with with the exception of east 5 which is like yes. the only one i haven't played because like, it hasn't been released in english and i don't even know if there's a fan translation but Ah uh, no. So it'll it, <laughs> it, it'll it'll be cool to have that on PC. I don't think Salsetta is one of the stronger
0: titles, but it's okay. I I mean I I loved it on the Vita. It fit, fit that platform very well and the way it was presented. I don't know how interesting it's going to be on PC because yeah, it's like you've got now you've got like up against all these other great East games on the platform like. I mean, obviously, Oath and Fogana, uh but all these other, uh, and East Origin, all these other great games that were more built for that platform. So it's like, I tried going back to it recently. I don't know. It didn't, it wasn't as, uh, it didn't grab my it's, attention. It's
1: very so. similar to 7, if yeah. people have played that. It's, it's a little bit different in structure in that instead of just a normal, like, you know, zoned areas, you're kind of filling out this, this big map. It's got, you know, filling out this uncharted forest really it's the, the Salsetta, Salsetta forest uh and so but it's it's an okay game
0: yeah we'll find I'm, out i'll probably yeah.
1: review i'll probably review it for the site even though i played it before it's you know <laughs> it's, it's not bad it just kind of it it's not a long game no i don't actually i don't remember how long it was i don't think it's long
0: it was it, uh, about it, 30 okay. 40 hours it wasn't it wasn't dangerously long <laughs> dangerously long uh I still thought it was okay. I like the characters, so I mean, I would still recommend people picking it up if they like the series. So the ports are great. Like, e yes. E S8's PC port is still needing fixed. Like, I'm still waiting to play that, hoping <laughs>
1: for
0: a That's the one but, that you want to play it on PS4. That's for sure. That's like the the yeah, best version of that game. So, but um, um, Xseed, they contract this company.
1: The name I won't remember it off the top of my head here, but it's actually a Japanese company that ports for them. Um, it's the same. Same group that did uh, E7, and that port was really well done. It, like, it doesn't have like a ton of like features, but, you know. It's a PSP game, but it was still a really solidly solidly done port. Uh, you know, high frame rates, high resolutions, you know, good controls, everything you'd want. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's that's so that's going to be out on July 25th. If people want to check that out, and the only other piece of news that we've got here that we that I kind of put in here, even if there's not a whole lot to discuss, is the fact that, uh, so we talked about before how Terror Battle 2 was shutting down in America in September, I think September 4th or something like that. Uh, But now it's also going to be shutting down in Japan. So basically it's going to be a worldwide just shutting down the service. That'll be down at the end of September, and September 28th. And it was kind of interesting. It never came out in Europe. (laughs) Nope, it never did. That's actually something I had looked up before and I was like, oh, that's right. It never did because they probably didn't, expanded because they never basically got off the tracks right um but they the, the interesting part of this is that this is something that me and James were talking about also last week is the fact that silicon studio makers of bravely default they divested their game developments a uh, part of their company onto uh, this other thing other uh, studio creek and river and so uh, the reason, though, that this ties into this piece of news here because Miss Walker even said is that they were aiming to develop this, but because Silicon Studio is withdrawing from the gaming industry, they uh, would have a lot of difficulty trying to provide the services that it will satisfy their customers in the future. And so that's why they had to shut it down. And so I wonder if, if Silicon Studio had not made that decision, whether Terra Battle 2 would have continued on. Um, the interesting other interesting aspect is that because they said before that they were working on a potential like Terra Battle Three that was supposed to be out sometime in the spring, and then you've also got Terra Wars, which just looks like god awful trash. Like that's it's like this reverse tower defense game. It just looks really bad. Um, even if they try to pitch it as this like is unique claymation style to it. It just looked garbage. So I don't know if they're going to move forward with that because they're trying to build it around the fact that you've got characters from terror bottle being appearing in terror wars. And so people don't really have anything to sort of compare it. Um, and I don't know what that means for the original Terra Battle as well because they are still updating that game. I imagine that'll continue on. People just didn't really migrate over to this sequel, and so uh, isn't yeah. there
1: supposed to be like a console port? Or like they yep. keep saying they wanted to make one? And then-
0: they are, but uh, right now it just seems like at this point in time, based on what uh, Sakaguchi said when they shut, they announced the shutdown of the United States version of the game. That they were reviewing uh, how they were going to proceed with the series. And it just seems like, you know, Mistwalker itself is sort of lost. That's what it, what it definitely yeah. feels like because they they keep putting out these mobile games uh, where in the past, you know, it's not like they made Last Story by themselves or Lost Odyssey by themselves. They teamed up with other studios yeah. to make those games.
1: I don't remember who they were, but yeah, they did not develop. A lot of people will say, like, Mistwalker made Lost Odyssey and Last Story, but Dragon. they only contributed.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was like, I think it was like... Uh, Artune, I think, was like Blue Dragon, yeah. and then it was like f- was a Feel Feel Plus or something, like that, something really crazy like that for Lost Odyssey. Uh, they always were like co-developers for their games, and Silicon yeah, City Odyssey Charabelle. had
1: Feel Plus as well as
0: Microsoft Game Studios, you know, contributions as well. So exactly, and Feel Plus is the is like the No More Heroes people. So it's like they've got uh, they've got like in ninety nine nines, I think it was like another game of theirs. Uh, so it's oh, like, and, they... then, and then the last story was A Q Interactive. Yes, AQ so, Interactive. Yeah, like, that's right, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Field Plus is part of AQ. So they, it's like they're, it's like they've got this this thing. And I think that I actually think Field Plus doesn't exist anymore. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think AQ exists anymore. No, I don't think. That. I think they all shut down like a, a number of years ago. It was but... the parent company of Artune, cavea and Field Plus. <laughs> oh my gosh Caveat, that's the uh Yokutaro company so that makes some sense too um uh that they they just completely uh went defunct but yeah um at this point in time I mean they're talking about that console version of the game but like uh I don't know because like sekaguchi was teasing the other con- like the game that he's been working on for a while like a console game and he was at anime expo last year talking it up uh, but now that it's like this year i don't i mean i'm i'm i am i am i almost uh, Probably worth mentioning. Sorry, Go there's that Terra Battle Two
1: released like last September, yep. and now it's dead. <laughs> so. think
0: it was like last August, but yeah, it was like it was. Uh... It's already dead, and that's just the state of mobile gaming. It's that there's so much competition that it's hard to stay around. Like Square Enix launches about a dozen or two dozen mobile games a year, and they a lot of them shut down by the end of that year. So it's not like it's unheard of. Uh, but, you know, when Mistwalker, that's like their biggest thing is Terra Battle and that they're shutting down their games. It's like, what is really keeping them afloat at this point? It kind of feels like um, I would not have been surprised if, uh, you know, they took the stage at E3 and Microsoft announced that aside from Ninja Theory, that they were also acquiring Miss Walker. Cause like, it feels like it's getting to that point where like, they're, they're, someone's going to acquire Miss Walker uh, just cause I don't know how they're keeping things going there. Cause a lot of their games just haven't been, doesn't feel like they've been doing as well as they could. Which is sad because Terra Battle 2 has like this incredible art. I shared it on our Twitter account, but you know, they've got this incredible art style. They've got the guy who did Guard 3's art, um, making all these different characters, and they're all fantastic looking, like stuff you just never would see from other games, even Yokotaro's games. Um, and then you've, uh, you know, Akiko Ishida, uh, with the stuff that he can produce. So you've got, like, this crazy cool art direction for their games, but they just cannot supplement it with a good story. <laughs> like, there's nothing really keeping you engaged in playing those games, and I think that's why so many people fell off. Like, they're coming to a Mistwalker game expecting a really good story to, to kind of keep things going, but it's all been really flat. Like, I was playing through the campaign in Terra Battle 2, and they tried to, like, make them. the 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 script like way too modern (laughs) like they were like shutting out like it felt like like i was like a step or two away from them just like repeating memes like that was the point like like, really really colloquial yes it was very much shine like be hip with the kids you know that's that's what it felt like i was like you're really it's really jarring you're really pulling me out of the experience and all these characters seem really flat and cardboard uh so i hope that um which is also a form of cardboard. So I hope that, you know, whatever they're doing going forward is that they've got a company that they can kind of work with to really push them forward. Like, I made the comment before that it'd be really cool, because Sakaguchi was talking about this, is that if they worked with Square Enix again, because he talked about he would love to make another Chrono Trigger. It's like, okay, you've got Miss Walker helping produce it, got Tokyo RPG Factory maybe designing it, you got Toby Fox doing the music for the game, uh, and then you got like Yoshida or somebody um, doing the art. It's like, you've got like these big heavyweights that could be helping and for some reason yuji naka is off to the side doing something because he's he's working with the company and hideo baba is there too because he's got a a Enix studio now we don't know what he's doing (laughs) no i don't still don't know what he's up to at this point it's so bizarre to think about how many strong people there are Enix. but like i think at this point miss walker would do themselves a big favor if they tied their names to a big studio to kind of like boost their profile once again because it right now it seems like the only reason they're still around is because they've got sakaguchi like he's the obviously the core of that entire company they've got some other people too working for them that are very big as well like i mentioned the artist um but at this point like i don't know what they're going to be doing in the new year and i hope they announce that soon maybe we'll find out at tokyo game show or something or paris games week so but that's kind of all i wanted to address from that i just thought it was a kind of a crazy situation that they're in and hopefully we'll hear more about that soon so let's wrap things up uh as always you can find us on rpgsite.net you can also find us on twitter at rpgsite our facebook page facebook.com slash rpgsitenet our youtube channel youtube.com slash rpgsitenet now subscribe to subscribe to us on itunes favorite podcast app just search for tetracast we're also now on the google play store i was able to get us added to that so if people use that app or any of the, the google services i think they recently launched google podcast you can find us on there also your uh, our permanent discord link discord.me such rbg site if you want to chat with us there and lastly like to share where you can find us on twitter so where can they find you kyle
2: uh i'm at Levito on twitter
0: that's at l-e-v-i-t-0 uh, adam k-i-n-g underscore s-e-d-a king seda and you can find me at zachary's as always so once again i like to thank uh kyle and adam for being a part of this podcast for this june 30th 2018 edition and for everyone else catch us next week for yet another edition of the tetracast actually Don't know if we'll be here next week because that's smack dab in the middle of Anime Expo, which will be there. At least I will be. Josh, I think, might be there for a little bit. James will definitely be there. Uh, We might still do a podcast uh, tentatively. Um, I'm just going to say that it will probably be short of people. Uh, But for everyone else, once again, thank you for listening. Catch you later.